0: Oh, hi, thanks for checking in. I'm still a
1: piece of garbage. I know you're somewhere, somewhere. I'm trapped in my mind, girl's holding
0: her. Steady, are oh, you ready? Are oh, you ready? What's going on? Tell me what's going on. Cold, fresh air.
1: Feel the melody that's in the air. Yes. Well, well, well. Did y'all miss us? Did you?
0: I think I need to go into a brief synopsis. Just just brief. Just brief. We didn't intend to take a week off. We did not intend to take a week off. But here's the wonderful, wonderful thing that people don't like to talk about when it comes to grieving. It is not a one-and-done situation. It comes in waves. So I'm going to tell the story real quick before we get into the show. Um, as you guys know, because I did not hide it, I dealt with losing my grandmother um, before we started this new season. And the thing about grieving, like I said, it comes in stages. So I... Somehow, someway, I ended up watching, again, the, Blue Blue, the Blue's Clues 25th Anniversary video. Oh, okay. Um, Though I was nine when the show came out, I had a younger sister that was five. So, at my grandmother's house, we were not allowed to watch anything that was not children-oriented. So, I had to watch Blue's Clues for years but I remember the original Steve. At the time that everything was happening, I was dealing with losing my grandmother, so I didn't really grasp what was going on. Mm. But this time in particular, something something compelled me to watch it. And instantly the memory came back. The only place I watched this was my grandmother's house. And instead of it being Steve, a portion of me felt like I was listening to my grandmother speak to me. Mm. And what he was saying was, I didn't forget about you. Right. And that did it for me. Child. That sh- spent me spiraling. And I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't stop crying. I'm like, What what is this? What what's going on? And it honestly, the last time I had cried was before the funeral, like at the funeral. Uh-huh. It was the first time I had broke down since I had been home and I had been it. Was close to a month. Actually, the first meeting a month since she passed. Mm -hmm. So it's still fresh. I'm still grieving. I'm dealing with things, but I'm here. We're queer. Get used to us, and we're back.
1: We're back. We're back.
0: back. Um, So hopefully we won't have to do that again. I don't like delaying episodes. As we, as you guys have saw, if you reached out to me, sent positive energy and love. I appreciate you, and I thank you working with me and understanding but as usual guess what the show must go on that's right mm-hmm. so this week i <laughs> first of all welcome to a social experiment gone wrong that we love to call hooray hosts. i am your host lonnie my swear abby it this week and will be for a while Lonnie, because i want to be myself okay? okay um one of the things about grieving is i found the old me back <laughs> work um but this week if i had to choose one my twitter handle would be rolling ray's acrylics in fresh wig bitch <laughs> but i'm the lace oh, I, and Her. This
1: week, uh, I am your co-host marlon aka my wine is spiked turn up my mic
0: Yes! <laughs> and welcome to the show. That's it. Um, here's the thing. Because I've been dealing with things, we didn't get to assign what we were going to digest this week. And actually, it was Marlon's turn. So, that means next week we will have a fresh review for you. But there's one thing that mm-hmm. we did watch that we discovered um, beforehand. We both actually watched the Fendi fashion show.
1: Yes, Miss Fendi. Rihanna strikes again!
0: I love how the whole thing was like one big moving piece. Yes. I loved it I, from the minute Jade Nova came in with that intro.
1: I did not know that was her.
0: I did, because she had put it out there that she was doing it.
1: I did not know that was her.
0: That was Jade Nova.
1: That made it just that much more amazing. <laughs> that was did her. I did not know that was her. Rihanna always brings out the people yes, when she, she does these shows. You know, when I when I saw my, um,
0: my husband in my head, Jeremy Pope, I lost my mind. I was like, ooh.
1: Yes, Rihanna, oh you, you had to gosh. represent for the children one time. So, <laughs> my favorite performances of the night. Um, First one that kind of surprised me because I don't really know her like that, but I really enjoyed Bia's performance. I knew
0: you were going to say Bia.
1: It was really nice. I was very surprised. Yes. I don't know how music like that, I only know that one song, Whole Lot of Money, which is about, I got into it a lot because. She changes her voice for that song, which is really weird.
0: It's her... You know what it is. It's not to cut you off. It's her cadence. Yeah. Like, her cadence is just, like, unmoved. And, like, it's almost like... It's very cocky, very New York. So, that's why I was like, I get why you would say that. I'm like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was dope. I really liked that. I was surprised that she got so much time to perform. Because I feel like she did... Her and Nas were neck and neck for the longest performances.
0: She was going to do F and
1: Nas. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and then... When Jasmine stepped out...
0: I was, First of all, I really just want to know... Where was Ari? Because I could envision them on two sides. Like If you guys saw the Fendi fashion show... The, well, I can't even say fashion show. If you saw the Fendi show you saw they were, like, inside this building with this, like, amazing long spiraling staircase yes. or, like, hallway mm-hmm. even, if you will. If you would have had Ari on one side, and this is where my creative mind kicks in, if you would have had Jasmine on this side, like, on the left, and then Ari on the right, and they're, like, literally breaking from, yes. like, mind you, across a building from each other, surrounded by nothing but models that want to wear lingerie. Hello, And it's talking about, it, singing on it.
1: Listen. And first of all, can we talk about how fu- Jasmine is such a fucking baddie. She gets some nerves. She looks so good.
0: Yes, she did.
1: Oh, she looked so good. She performed her ass off. I thoroughly enjoyed the So where did the Busta tri- tribute come from?
0: I wish I could tell you because I don't know. It and, was I really, so young, and I really though. I, I, it was and I really looked, I'm like, okay, we're doing a Busta tribute, but He's, He's not, not here. here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, he could come out at any moment. This would be really great. But I don't know. I'm here for it. Choreography was on point. Yes. Um, shout out to Laomi for showing up. Shout
0: to Laomi ate for the children. One good time. Let's be clear. If there's anyone that I want to see push ballroom to the stage, to the heights that it's going right now, The face of it, I would want to be Laomi. I don't like it's no shade to any of the other girls out doing it, but Laomi never left ballroom. She is still ballroom, and she's propelling ballroom to where it needs to be. Well,
1: even because Laomi hasn't been to a ball in years now. But what I always appreciate about my icon is the fact that she even though she is no longer participating actively in ballroom like that mm-hmm. she never lets anybody disrespect ballroom. Mm-mm. She keeps people on their toes about ballroom history terminology and everything like that. You are never going to disrespect ballroom on her platform. I love that about her.
0: Not while, she's, a, not while she's in the presence. Not
1: at all. Because um, she will tell
0: you in a minute that's not ballroom.
1: I live for Rihanna's diversity in models. Yes. I saw a pregnant woman. I saw the big girls and the big boys in the mix. I saw guys that were my size, like in my bill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Women with little I go, dark skin, light skin, white, like she puts everybody on front street for these shows.
0: But the funny part was she did an interview where she specified because someone asked her about her view um, on exclusivity. She said, "Why wouldn't I?" She said, "I come from a," she said, "I come from a black woman, let alone a plus size." My mother is a plus-size black woman. Hmm. I would be a fool not to be inclusive. Exactly. She's not... Like, if you really sit back and look at Rihanna, she was inclusive before inclusive was a thing. That's very true. She was inclusive well before it was a thing. Yes.
1: Mm. Listen, amputees... When I saw the pregnant woman fucking it up on the bridge, I was done. But
0: if you remember... I forget the supermodel's name. Where this was when, before the pandemic, she is a model. She had, like, she has a gap, but it's, like, her signature. I think it's Duck. I forget. Duck. Ducky. Ducky. Yes. yes. Okay. Thank you yes, for the yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, she was pregnant with her son at the time. Okay. This was, like, 2017, 2018. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But she had walked in a Fendi show before it went to, like, basically Prime, which was what pushed it around the pandemic because of course you can't gotcha. do like an actual show. Right. Like like at that time you couldn't do an actual show. Anywho. Yeah. So she, I remember she walked in the Fendi show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And literally like hours later she gave birth.
1: Word.
0: this Literally the same day. So shout out to Rihanna for inclusivity. Let alone a bomb ass production as usual.
1: If, <laughs> the lighting. The, the, the cinematography alone like the dancers, everybody looked fucking sexy. Everybody,
0: it w- and that's the thing about Fendi is just like, listen, throw on your, throw on your fit and feel sexy, bitch. Listen, <laughs> like
1: yeah, turn around and give you on nasty sale. I will be going to my pizza.
0: Listen, slap on a shirt, call it merch. Throw on your fit and you feel sexy, bitch. Hello.
1: <laughs> Period. Hello.
0: Um, I've been away for a minute, but I'm back with the jump off. Let's do it. Let's start with Church. Thank you so much. It is Sunday. That's mm-hmm. right. But you know, instead of church announcements, I have COVID announcements.
1: Put your mask up. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. You're breathing. You're breathing on me. I need you to stop. Don't do that. Don't, let's not and say that we did.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Where are we starting this week? We're starting here. So remember, um, in the pandemic, we're still in the middle of it. People want to say it. I'm going to say at the peak. I feel like that's better because we're still in the middle of it. At the peak, remember everyone was saying, oh, well... It's not. It's against HIPAA laws to ask someone, "Do they have COVID?" Let alone their vaccine mm-hmm. status. Well, <laughs> according to USA Today, it does not. Uh, USA Today debunked a similar version of this claim last summer when mask occupants encouraged others to um, to claim, excuse me, HIPAA allowed them to avoid wearing ma- uh, avoid mask mandates. This is coming from Alan Marcel, a professor of law and bioethics at the University of Pittsburgh. So U.S. Today, at the time, HIPAA's rules apply only to sharing information between covered entities. The U.S. Department of Health and Human um, Services described covered entities as health plans, health care clearinghouses, and those health care providers that conduct certain Healthcare transactions electronically, which means yes, your employer can ask you if you're, va- you're vaccinated. If you apply for a job, they're still going to ask you if you're vaccinated. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a thing. When we told you guys that COVID literally was our new way of life, we meant it. And now we're basically hearing, and the CDC also kind of agrees. Well, not even kind of, they do. It's not a, it's not a HIPAA violation to ask someone if they're vaccine, if vaccinated or not.
1: First of all, a couple things. Let's start here. Go ahead. Sweet, we're in the middle. The middle. In the middle. The middle. Mm-hmm. In the middle. In the middle. Of a pan-seared salmon. I sweetie, love. I,
0: who said pan-seared salmon? I forgot
1: who. I just watched it earlier, but I grabbed a hold of that bitch and I did not let her go. We're in the middle of a pan-seared salmon, sweetie. That sounds good, though. Yeah. let not get started. <laughs> you. You can. I have every right to ask you if you're vaccinated. That does not infringe upon any of your other medical issues that you might have going on with your life. This is not a professional setting, number two. Number three, sweetheart, this is something that we cannot see, okay? It's invisible. So you can walk into an establishment, and I don't know if you've been exposed to it. I can't look at you and tell that you have it, and it's literally killing people. On a daily. On a daily. Let's go to number two. Mm. Um. Under HIPAA laws, yes, your boss cannot ask you about if you have cancer, ask about your HIV status. They can't get into all your business. Kids, by the way, these are things that are
0: actually covered by HIPAA.
1: Hello. They can't do that. They can't pass that. Your medical, um, your doctors and those people like that cannot pass those records to other entities. Those are covered under HIPAA laws. Mm -hmm. But bitch, I can ask you coming into my place of business where you are employed, whether you are vaccinated or not, that does not violate anything. If anything, it helps me not only protect myself, but the rest of my employees. Because if you come in here and you're not vaccinated and you have COVID and you wipe out half my staff, then what? What I'm going to do, sis? What I'm going to do? All because you didn't want to wear your mask?
0: And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because, and I want none of y'all to get caught trying to fake a vaccine card. Please don't do it. Please don't do it.
1: Please don't. Please. We already ain't got no money, y'all. Please don't do it to yourself.
0: That's a major fine now. A major fine. Just because you don't trust the science. Oh, and I did do all of my research, but they did announce that Merck is putting out a pill version of the vaccine. Yeah. Now I did. The only reason why I did not put it in my notes is because I didn't have enough information to cover it mm-hmm. just yet. That's gonna be on next week's COVID announcements. Yeah. I got y'all. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to the next one in our COVID announcements. Mm-hmm. California becomes the first state to request to require vaccine for students ages twelve to eighteen. Okay. Shout out to Governor Newsom for this one. This is coming from the L.A. Times. Students 12 and under could be affected as early as January 2022. If there is a federal approval for a, vac- a COVID-19 vaccine for that age range before the end of the year, the governor said in remarks at James Denman Middle School in San Francisco. His exact quote is, there is still a struggle to go where- to get to where we need to be. And that means we need to do more and we need to do better. So, he's also saying for children under the age of 18, once it's actually approved by the FDA, that's when it'll go into effect for children. Mm -hmm. I personally like this one. Now, call me crazy here, but most of the time when people get sick, it has something to do with a kid. Or they were exposed to somebody's kid, or the kid went to school. Now most of y'all, apparent, most of y'all that might be parents, or know how it works for parents. Y'all know how it goes when kids go into school, especially when they first go back. So. It's just like a petri dish, a petri, a petri dish <laughs> of children that come together with snotty noses, sneezing, coughing. Lack
1: y'all want to... lack of boundaries.
0: Lack of boundaries. They. <laughs> Wiping their nose with their hand And then wiping it on their clothes it it, This is where it starts So I'm glad he's doing this Even though it's for basically 12 to 18 Basically covering I want to say That Middle demographic school high school, there, there you go mm-hmm. So I'm here for it personally
1: My thing is because I know that there are going to be lots of people Who are anti-vaccination across the board Even more so with Corona <sighs> that are going to feel that you are taking away their rights as people, children's rights, and things of that nature. I just don't... I don't understand... And I am not a parent. Nah. But from my vantage point, Talk about as it. a person living on this earth, Hello, I don't understand why you don't want to protect children from something that could potentially kill them. Especially because children's systems are so raw and untainted that they usually take things like this way harder than adults would. Way harder. So, and and then on top of that, giving COVID access to such a quote unquote, clean playground makes room for even more crazy shit to occur. I would I would believe. Mm-hmm. Just coming from a space of understanding science enough to know what goes on with viruses and shit, mm. to know that you passing it around to all these kids and kids got asthma, bronchitis, like, shit like that. Not to mention the children that deal with even more than that. Children that are dealing with sickle cell and Cancer.
0: Those types of things. Why
1: don't you want to protect your children? I don't. And I
0: Okay. Let me allow me to (laughs) allow me to help you out here. Allow me to help you out. This is so much. If just like I said the last episode, if you're the type of person that questions everything, I guarantee I take my hat off to you. You're that person for life. I understand. But Knowing that childhood asthma, childhood cancer, child- like literally everything, the element that could be worse in a child's life happens when they're young. Like, I remember how bad my asthma was Hello? when I was a kid. Hello? I remember being in a hospital because I had an asthma attack. That shit was not fun. Trying to get back to my normal breathing was not fun. And I was in the hospital for two days. Traumatizing. Traumatizing as a kid, and that and honestly, honestly, from that visit, it taught me how to deal with my asthma. Like I know how to handle my asthma before you can tell me. Hello. Um. They're like, oh, oh, you have. I need a breathing treatment. Like, excuse me, I need a breathing treatment, and then I need one now. I can tell you what I need. You don't got to tell me. Get the. Get the ma- get the oxygen mask and plug me up to the wall and leave me be for fifteen minutes. Deadass. Dead ass, yo. But I think the thing that we're forgetting is especially for younger children, every year, every year. They cannot go back to school if their shots are not up to date. And guess what just got added to the pile of shots that your kid has to have in order for them to go to school. Guess what? The, right. COVID, the COVID vaccine is going to be added to the list. Let me just say what it is. Now, we just said, Governor Newsom saying that this won't take effect until January 2022. Right. That is enough time to see if the science actually works in the age group, which is smart. Now the parents that have younger children, this is going to be some shit you got to deal with. This is starting in California, which means, and already in New York, which I didn't even get to yet, it's happening in New York now. New York is laying off hella people that are not vaccinated. Hella people that don't have the vaccine at all are losing their jobs and that refuse
1: to do it. Oh, boy. It's getting hard in these streets, kid. It really is. It's creating a division that I did not foresee.
0: I saw it and coming. It's, it's just the minute that they started announcing the vaccines and the like everyone opposing the vaccine, right? And giving their various reasons. It's only like a handful of people that gave me a solid reason why they were waiting to see if they should get it. A handful of people.
1: And even with those I I still haven't gotten I haven't heard a reason that makes sense to me. And I'm just gonna go out there and say it. It's
0: No, I've heard one reason that made all the sense and I'll leave that between us as to why they were waiting. Uh, I can't say that everyone else makes sense. You have some people that are going back to like the times when we were forced to take certain vaccinations as tests. That time is now gone. Um... You basically it all the documents you sign before you get the vaccine, lets you know that basically this is still in the experiment stages. Right,
1: but my thing is, do y'all really think that it would take a global pandemic for them to put something inside of us? These motherfuckers have had access to everything, access to y'all everything. I feel it. I feel a bit of Patty.
0: Please continue.
1: You, We could have been... If motherfuckers wanted to control you, kill you, or anything else, they could have been done it. Why, why wait till now? When this pandemic is actually underway. It's happening right now. Why would they need to wait until now to put something in your system to kill you, to do what fucking population control... All of these things that people keep coming up with. I, I, I understand we are taking a look at history, especially as, we come, as it comes to being black folks. Get that as well. But baby, this is not just killing and taking us down, even though just like everything else, we are disproportionately affected. But it's killing white folks too. So,
0: I decided to do, I said a, my, I felt my inner Patty coming on, didn't uh-huh. I? Didn't I? Yeah. So, I said, Google, Google said, huh? I yeah. said, I want you to do me a favor. <laughs> because a lot of people, their main reasoning for not getting the vaccine is it's not approved by the FDA. So, I made the conscious decision to Google some things that are not approved by the FDA. Please
1: tell me. I'd like to hear.
0: This is coming from KJ.com which is actually an alternative rock station, but they get the provide a list of things that are not approved by the FDA. Baby formula. Excuse me, let me say it properly. Infant formula. That's right. The baby you brought into the world is consuming a product that's not approved by the FDA. While the FDA does have regulatory oversight over the industry, they still don't approve the product itself. <laughs> Cosmetics. Say what, cosmetics are FDA approved. Nope, your perfume, makeup, moisturizer, shampoo, hair dye, shaving cream, and face and body wash are not approved by the FDA. Dietary supplements and vitamins, tobacco products, alcoholic beverages, alcoholic beverages. Okay, wait, hold on, wait, is there more on the list? Nope, that's it. But these are just a plethora of things. But the crazy part is it gave a synopsis of it. Mm -hmm. And let your mind wonder to how many products you put on your face, in your body, in your newborn's body that's not approved by the FDA. I'm going to say that and leave that at that. Mm -hmm. Because I promise you that's the last time I'm going to talk about it. Then we have what I said I was waiting to talk about. The, The Supreme Court refuses to block NYC teacher mandate. I don't know if you heard anything about this. I did not. So let me pull up my source here real quick because I had it and I don't. Okay, here we go. This is coming from NBC New York. New York City's roughly 148,000 school employees had until 5 p.m. to get at least their first vaccine shot or face suspension without paying when schools reopen on Monday. Uh, just a little back sight when it comes to this article this article is coming from the first. But um back into it. But Mayor Bill de Blasio says the number of undervaccinated unvaccinated employees is shrinking as of Friday morning. 90% of the Department of Education's employees, 93% of teachers, and 98% of principals have at least the first dose of the vaccine. For teachers in particular, that's up to 3% from just last Monday. That's a good
1: thing.
0: Remember I said beforehand, I kind of jumped, but I had to come back to reiterate it, a lot of people in New York are starting to lose their jobs because they're unvaccinated and they refuse to get it. The mandate is starting to go into hospitals now. I re- this is where I really am just behooved to be brutally honest because in order for you to work in the hospital, you have if there's a vaccine, you got to take it.
1: Not necessarily true. Talk to me because as somebody that works in the hospital before Corona came along, in our hospital.
0: Can't say which one. Sorry, y'all.
1: Right. In our hospital, if you... If you didn't get the flu shot, Mm. you had to wear a mask when you were at work from October until March.
0: Mm, okay. Things I didn't
1: know. That, you know, it's a thing. So it's in hospitals, it's very, very true, that if you don't get certain vaccinations, that will definitely affect those around you, such as COVID, then there were precautions that you had to take. So with this being as severe as it is, it does not surprise me, but it does surprise me in the sense that I hear what people are saying, specifically when it comes to nurse practitioners, doctors, so forth and so on, people that have been working in ER for this entire pandemic have now gotten pushed to the point where it's like either get vaccinated or you don't have a job anymore. and then you hear a lot of people saying "Well, we were just calling them heroes last year and now you're telling them if they don't get vaccinated then they don't have a job here's where I'm conflicted about that talk to me I understand personal preferences mm-hmm. I've said that a lot throughout this entire time but I come back to the middle and again I say and specifically to people that are working in healthcare. Why? It's a real question. Why? Because I have coworkers that didn't take the flu shot or coworkers that don't do vaccines at all. And I still go, respect your decision. But given the field you're working in, why? Why do you not want to take the vaccine? It, it causes questions, and then it brings, depending on who you are, we go into conspiracy theories, and then people start to realize oh, well, if they won't take it, then you know some shit is up, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, again, y'all, if...
0: Formulate your own opinion. I can't stress that enough when it comes to the vaccine and the things that are coming out formulate your own opinion please don't go piggybacking off of oh well someone so said this and I don't know about that you're not formulating your own opinion you're going and piggybacking off of what someone else
1: had to say formulate your opinion off facts not hearsay I cannot say that enough Okay. facts not hearsay or fear educate yourself and I'm not talking about going on blogs and I'm not talking about listening to your favorite artists and I'm not talking about new. No. See, and that's my
0: and that's my problem because especially a lot of, and I have to say because it's the truth a lot of us and I'm talking Black people mm-hmm. we will go off a of hearsay when it comes to vaccines. Nah, it give you this, it give you that. No, it doesn't. If you did not take the vaccine for yourself, then please stop talking about it. Also, and real quick because I promise you I'm gonna sum this up and get away from this topic, unless you directly know someone that had an allergic reaction because yes, those actually can happen contrary to belief unless you know someone that has an allergic reaction to medication because remember oh, real quick, when you go into the emergency room, remember they always ask you do you have allergies to certain medications you may not know what you are allergic to
1: you don't know you don't know can I stress it enough, it's like the second question it is the second question they ask you
0: Do you have any allergies to any medications? Any allergies
1: at all medications, foods, all of that
0: shit. They always ask. So if you say no, but then I had an allergic reaction to the vaccine. Sir, ma'am, person, this is when you need to really know your body. Because especially, like, everyone, the one thing that everyone loves to mention or they'll point out is that they have an allergy to penicillin. You know why they point out they have an allergy to penicillin? Because if they give you penicillin and you have an allergic reaction, that's a deeper problem. Yes. Because the thing that's supposed to stop whatever's hurting you is now harming you. Yes. That's what happens when you have an allergic reaction to a vaccine.
1: It happens. And symptoms and allergic reactions are are two different different things. things,
0: Grow up. Anywho, I'm ready, Mm. I'm ready. For what, friend? To scroll on. Ew, ew. Get up, wipe the flush, and wash your nasty ass hands. It's time to scroll on.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Come on for the scroll on, jingo. Y'all didn't know I had a jingle in (laughs) there? play with me in these streets. Let's fucking do it.
0: So, I think we're going to have a good Super Bowl this year. You think so? I think so. You want to know why? Why? You want to know why? Why? There's not one, not two, not three, not four, Damn. but five performers for this year's Super Bowl. That's a lot, motherfuckers. That's a lot. I didn't even announce who it is. Who it is? This is coming directly from Variety.com. Okay. Super Bowl 2022, 2022 halftime performers revealed Dr. Dre. Okay. Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Eminem. All right. Mary J. Blythe. Come on. And Snoop Dogg.
1: Snoop Dogg. Come on, bitch. Uh,
0: let's see here. The Super Bowl, I mean, the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show marks the first time. These five multi-winning artists will perform together on stage, holding a special significance for the greater Los Angeles community. Not only the, not only Dre, Snoop, and Lamar, native Los Angelians the city is holding the Super Bowl for the first time in nearly 30 years collectively. The artists have awarded 43 Grammys, and between them have 22 number one hits on the Billboard, um, number one albums, my apologies, on Billboard 200. Bitch. As a part of the collaboration around the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show, Pepsi and the NFL have joined together to support the launch of Regional School Number One, a magnet high school in South Los Angeles that is set to open for students next fall as a part of LA Unified School District. The high school is based on the USC Iveen and Young Academy, a program founded by Jimmy Iveen and Andre Dr. Dre Young that will offer a unique educational model focused on the theme of integrated design, technology, and entrepreneurship. Come on. So, it is for profit. However, it's for profit for a school that is going to be built in Los Angeles. We love
1: profit for a cause. We
0: love profit for a cause. Um, I just want to ask Mary, when she does Family Affair, can we define dancery?
1: I just want to know for me. I'm certain that she's not going to stop the performance to explain that, but You can put it on the screen. Dancer. <laughs> Verb. Now. oh that Could you imagine the screen coming up and somebody typing it into Google and getting the answer? I, I will, will die. die. <laughs> Done. Yo, this performance I don't know how they're going to do it because that's a lot of fucking music between them. A
0: lot of music.
1: And we're like, what? Okay, 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 okay. Okay. So let's, let's talk about some things. All okay. right. So let's talk about songs that we think that they will actually perform by artists. Uh-huh. So Dr. Dre, what two, what two songs could you see him actually performing for this halftime show? Because I imagine that they can't get more than two songs apiece. And not to mention... That a few of them can easily integrate. I know how this is go- song.
0: I know how this is gonna go. because right, when you, i um, sorry to cut you off. I know how this exactly is gonna go. Allow me to elaborate. Follow it. me, children. I'm walking. To- Dr. Dre is the main focal point, uh, point for this, right? Right. But Dr. Dre only has two albums. they are considered classics. He only has two albums. Mm-hmm. So because of production, he's produced for Snoop. He's produced for Mary. He's produced for Eminem and Kendrick. He's the focal point of the show as the DJ.
1: Okay.
0: Now, because of that, you're going to get gin and Juice. You're going to get a lot of Snoop classics. You're going to get a lot of Mary classics because a lot of people forget there are a few Mary songs that were produced by Dre. Really? I just named one family affair.
1: Well, shit. I did not know. That makes sense. Okay, no, never mind. Dumb moment. Because as soon as you said it, I heard the music. I was like, that's Dre all day. Got it. Okay.
0: it's it, it? I have to do further research, but I know it's more than just that. That majority of Eminem's catalog was produced by Dr. Dre. Of course. And there is some Kendrick material that is produced by Dre. Hell yeah! So this works. This works in his favor. Yeah. This works in his favor. I can't wait to see it. I'm gonna be standing. And more so for Mary and Kendrick. If you really know me, you know how much I love Kendrick, and my love runs deep for that man. Yes. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm elated. Don't talk to me. I'm watching the Super Bowl halftime performance, Hello. and that's that. On that, that's it. That's it, and that's owl. Uh, so we got some bittersweet announcements. Um, during the week, uh, Cynthia and Portia are out of Real Hospitals of Atlanta. <laughs> they both went on to make the announcements. They actually made it like I want to say days after each other. Um, when they made the announcements on their Instagram by posting highlights from the show or pictures of themselves mm-hmm. with a the message that they've made the decision not to return. Uh, after 11 years, Cynthia is leaving, and after 10, Portia is leaving. Now, the difference between the two is Cynthia does not have dealings with Bravo following her exit from the show. Mm-hmm. However, Portia does, and she's supposed to have as a spinoff. What?
1: Now, I don't profess to have watched... I. The Housewives of Atlanta one in a long ass time I don't watch it anymore Like
0: honestly Twitter has Twitter and Instagram will all the highlights from the reunion <laughs> I'm good on that I haven't watched it in so long But I always go back to my Favorite um, episode of Housewives Which was that fucking slumber party Where all hell broke loose yeah. If you know what I'm talking about You know what I'm talking about That is everyone's favorite episode of Housewives
1: so, I just <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what Porsche's show is going to look like. But again, I haven't watched in a long time. The last time that I watched was when they were in Japan and Nina was still on there. So,
0: I, And whenever she's not there, the show always is lackluster to me anyway. Mm. So that's that on that. And we already know since, especially since she lost Greg, she's not even thinking about right. Bravo in the slightest. At all. And, yeah, um, much love to them and their future endeavors and where things go, because Portia did announce that she is putting out a memoir. So that might be interesting, because could it's a be. lot she didn't really speak on. Could be. could Because we might get the actual explanation as to why she left Cordell, because she never talked about it. That's true. Uh, we also might get her actual reaction to why she was on the show, mm-hmm. uh, let alone what really happened between her and Simon that – Randomly, randomly, miraculously, in the middle of a divorce, they start talking to each other, and now they're engaged to be married. I'm like, didn't you just meet? Never mind. I'm not my business. Not my business. Not my business. business. That's it. Uh, Next up on the chopping block is actually too little, too late. Apparently, the Millennium Tour is back on. Okay. You know, ha- it's happening, concerts are starting to take place again, and, you know, us as music lovers, we're happy about this part. <laughs> so, Millennium Tour took place, and if you guys remember, Omarion is headlining the tour with Bow Wow this time, instead of it being Meets UK. Okay. Well, in Los Angeles... Razz B and Fizz actually made an appearance on stage Ooh. and little Fizz had a lot to say uh, he actually publicly apologized to Marianne for dating his mother, his children as well as his ex, April Jones if you guys remember it was a big thing a few years ago with the two of them dating he right. publicly went on stage and apologized and said it was wrong which it was, but he was man enough to admit his fault and he apologized oh accepted it, they hugged we're back on uh, will they be added to the show? Uh, too a little, too late. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this bag. This bag is ahead. mine. It, it doesn't belong to you. Uh, I have main ownership over it. You're not getting a piece. And especially when I am the lead voice on all of the B2K songs. Guess what? Y'all were mainly backgrounds. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you. I guess, child. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Whatever. I, it was bless. Weird. Bless. Uh, I have been indulging my time a little bit in um, documentaries. You know, it's my fave. Uh-huh. I love being a documentary over a scripted show any day. Yeah, um, Actually. Of course, I went back and watched the documentary on 9-11, and it was something to watch. Uh, especially because I'm from the East Coast, and I remember that day very vividly. Mm-hmm. I remember walking home. I was in eighth grade at the time. I remember walking home. I My home, of course, is North, but a portion of me claiming North is claiming Irvington at the same time. And I remember walking home up Madison Avenue and seeing this cloud of smoke that was coming from Manhattan. If you guys do not know, the distance between Irvington and Manhattan is about a good half hour to 40 minutes but I can see the smoke that was coming from downtown Manhattan in the financial district, in the sky. All I had to do was look up. But to see that, let alone the bodies that was hanging on, like, the actual building to try not to die, because they could not get out. Mm -hmm. Like, where the the actual plane hit was, like, at the top floors. Mm -hmm. And I'm forgetting, this is, I believe, at the time, they were talking about the North Tower. I could be wrong, but either way. A lot of people got trapped they couldn't get out and especially when it collapsed it broke my heart when they told the story about the people some of the people they were able to save from the debris because mm-hmm. as deep as that building was when it fell it left a lot of it, a lot of people were trapped underneath under debris mm-hmm. so it was something to watch if you guys did not watch the 9 11 documentary on the one on netflix that breaks it down in the episodes not netflix excuse me hulu breaks down the episodes watch that it's good it's a bit if it's a trigger for you please don't but trust me it's worth it especially i remember listening to the bodies like they were like this before it actually collapsed the plane had just hit and they went to north tower and you just hear the bodies like thumping as they're Mm -hmm. as like they're speaking to the people downstairs in the main floor it was just it was something if you guys did not watch it please do But one of the things that also caught my mind, uh, caught my mind, caught my attention on Netflix was the New York Times documentary that portrayed controlling Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. The depths that they went through to discuss that conservatorship, that conservatorship was Modern Day Slavery. I don't care what anyone says.
1: Yeah, That
0: conservatorship was some shit. Now, if you did not watch it, allow me to elaborate, and I'm going to spoil it, and that's okay, because Britney versus Spears on Netflix is cute, but the New York Times one was a little more in-depth, and that's the one you should watch. They said they bugged her house. They, they even had captured... They caught 120... 180, excuse me, hours worth of audio from her house. Then they recorded the conversation she had with her kids that she might have had with her boyfriend at the time. And remember, she couldn't even date unless her father approved of it. Let's continue. They found a way to basically... Because what we didn't know was Brittany had phones, but their phone, her phone was always monitored. Right. So... When she would see her assistants and everyone with iPhones, she wanted one. So they had stepped to one of the people on her team and was like, do you know if there's a way that we can get her an iPhone but have it basically to where it could be monitored or mirrored? Now, if you guys do not know, to basically mirror someone's phone in any way, shape, or form technically is illegal. So they had got to the point where they were mirroring her text messages, her phone calls, What she searched on Google. There was even a whole... Everyone loves to believe Jamie was the face of the conservatorship. No, there were two women underneath, like that were beside him. They had a full group chat on Britney's moves.
1: That's fucking crazy. If
0: you remember, around the time that Britney had her meltdown, literally that following year when the conservatorship was temporary at first went into full force gear had Britney do a full album then she ended up with her Vegas residency then after the Vegas residency she went on a victory lap mini tour then after the mini lap tour was announced then they announced another Vegas residency Britney domination this girl didn't have any time off she was working her ass off but the crazy part was after a while, um, Jamie had filed to make it more so permanent. Right. And at that point it was like, well, you might as well say it at that point Britney was on Britney. Britney was Jamie. That's it. That was it. So if you guys remember, everyone had been making an uproar in the conservatorship for years because Britney had put out there that she didn't want to do music anymore. Right. She was like, basically she wanted to change her life around. So They had come across to actually question it and came into court where she revealed everything. I think everyone has heard that audio where she revealed how exactly bad the conservatorship was. So I decided to do a bit of a uh, more synopsis than anything Mm on to what happened because while we were away... Her father lost, um, basically lost control of conservatorship. This comes from NPR.org. A judge suspends Britney Spears' dad from her conservatorship. Pop star Britney Spears has been living under a legal conservatorship that has controlled every aspect of her life since two thousand and eight. For much of that time, all decisions about her personal life, her personal medical and financial affairs, have completely control have been completely controlled by her father Jamie Spears, who initiated the conservatorship 13 years ago and whom the singer has accused of exploiting her at the los angeles superior court on wednesday afternoon judge Brenda j penny decided to suspend jamie's um jamie spears as a conservative of his daughter's estate john zimbel a certified public accountant will step in for the role for now penny installed Zimble as the temporary conservator of the britney's, of britney's estate only until the next court hearing, which is scheduled for November twelfth. At that point, the judge plans to the judge plans to terminate the conservatorship, freeing the thirty nine year old star.
1: Thank you. That was what I was about to ask. Like when we when we end the shit. When is it done?
0: With this ruling, Penny granted Brittany the most uh, the most adamant request to remove her father immediately. According to the Associated Press, the judge said during the hearing, the current arrangement is untainable under attainable it reflects a toxic environment which which requests the suspension of Jamie Spears the documentaries I'm telling y'all she gets and they get in depth but the one that the New York Times did more of the people that used to work on her team talked
1: yeah
0: like and even they said it in a commercial they said I know we signed those NDAs but this is too important they saw her before the conservatorship took place right they saw it and the crazy part was they revealed in the conservatorship that her allowance a month was eight thousand. Meanwhile her father had sixteen million a month. She was only subjected to that and on top of it, she was not allowed to have her own phone without it being married.
1: <laughs> like they wanted, complete wanted to drive a car. Nope. was not allowed to do shit. She getting eight thousand, he getting sixteen thousand a month. It was a mess.
0: On top of that, she was not allowed to have a boyfriend unless her father approved yep, it too. That's it.
1: And if, if you if she was dating somebody and he didn't like them...
0: they were gone. He axed that shit out real quick. They were gone. Well, that shout out to Brittany for getting her freedom. Girl, we were rooting for you. We always rooting for you. For real. So I had a bit of a topic here. Uh, remember, let's argue. Well, yeah. she's evolved to people. The people versus the pod work. So, it's where we normally pick a topic that has been on social media, mainly Twitter, and we decide to talk about it here on the show. Mm-hmm. This time around, we're de- it's a gay debate, girl.
1: I, you know I love a gay debate.
0: So, as of late on the Twitters, y'all have been having quite a debate, and I thought it was time for us to talk about this shit here. Let's talk about it. The use of the terms girl and sis. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. Uh, so girl and sis. Because the children have been debating about this.
1: I, do you want to go first? Because I think you should go first. <laughs> this topic is as old as time. A, a tale as old as time. Before our generation I'm quite sure That this was a topic of the conversation With the term Miss Thing Honey child All that stuff All of it But let's just break it down So I'll speak from personal experience With the terms girl and sis mm-hmm. I did not begin to experience Using girl and sis As a term of endearment until I joined Ballroom in 2000. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was first introduced to it. And it was always something that was shared between you and your good, good girlfriends. Mm -hmm. So anybody outside of that, there was the flip side of girl and sis, where somebody that you didn't know would try to throw shade at you by calling you girl and Sis, sis if they didn't know you. Mm-hmm. So that created this dynamic where it was like, bitch, if I don't know you, you can't call me that. Because we don't have that type of relationship.
0: In the words of Jill Scott, if you can call me sis, then you, you can, can call, call me, me sis. sis. But if you can't call me sis...
1: You're getting a fucking black eye, bitch. Back the fuck up. Who you you talking can't to? call me sis. Serious? You can't. Now, I used to be very weary. I used to like hang on to that logic a lot when I was younger. Mm hmm. I didn't, you don't walk up to me and call me girl or sis, and I don't know you. Uh-huh. We don't know each other like that, so don't disrespect me like that. Furthermore, it was even more so of a thing back in those times to be, we were in, y'all think we deal with hypermasculine shit now. Early 2000s as a gay. Ciao if you wasn't walking around in your white tee, down to your kneecaps, baggy pants, if you wasn't thugged out, you were not desirable. At all. So you needed to be masculine in some shape, form, or fashion. If somebody called you girl assist, was not doing it easily. Like, anyway. No,
0: I'm just, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the cornrows with the um headband and, oh and the white tee back in the day. I'm sorry, it was a dream combo. I can say, good. Anyway.
1: <laughs> so, as I've gotten older, I've loosened the reins on that a lot, and i found myself being in spaces where I'm meeting people for the first time, and people find out that I'm gay, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, it becomes girl, sis, this, all that shit, because people get comfortable, and I still feel kind of way about that, because again, you don't know me enough to use that terminology, but I don't flip out or check people as often or the way that I used to back in the day? You know what? I had to really
0: learn where to use It's like the N-word. You got to know when and where to use it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same sentiment when you use girl and sis. Mm-hmm. Now, girl, like, honestly, let me use it in the context that we use girl. Mm-hmm girl (laughs) it's more so I know you lying (laughs) let me be a translator I know you lying or you ain't telling the full truth and I know it but I'm gonna let you rock for that right now it's normally emphasis for girl okay like that's what it is it's like a girl can be used as a disregard now sis could be used in two different contexts in itself. Mm -hmm. Sis could be me acknowledging and seeing what the fuck you do, like, yes, sis, I see you. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, sis. Alright. And then you have sis, like, where again, another disregard. Sis. Mm -hmm. Are you really? Mm -hmm. But it's certain, you have certain men and they have that right to say, hey, don't want you using those pronouns with me at all. Like, Mm -hmm. Girl and sis is not what I prefer to be called. I'm a man. I'm like, okay. I get you. All right. Can't use it. Cool. But like I said before, if I can't call you sis, then I can. That's it.
1: If you can, you know you can. Right. But it's... I feel like the reason why the conversation is being brought back up yet again is becoming such a brouhaha ha of a situation mm-hmm. is because the use... Of girl and sis it also has roots in desirability politics mm-hmm because let's face it if another gay man or queer person calls you girl or sis and you like them that's literally a word for being friends of
0: you lit if they use the term girl and sis you've been friend-zoned yeah. immediately. It's yeah. like... It's, that, I don't you, see don't you like that. This
1: is a friendship. Like, we can kiki, but that's it. And
0: the funny part is, I had that happen to me a few years ago where it was this guy, like, he was cute and everything. all the cute. But mm-hmm. then, when it came out that I had... That basically I thought he was attractive, like, what he said to my friend at the time, he was like, sis, I'm like oh, child, I got friends <laughs> home. I didn't even I'm like, and it pissed me off for so long and then years later, this motherfucker is trying to fuck now. This is what I'm saying to y'all. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying to y'all. Like sometimes you never know the context that is being used. Let alone sometimes niggas get horny and desperate. And next thing you know, you wanna chop and block uh, the people they hit up trying to fuck. Nah, keep that same energy.
1: Sis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Keep that energy. Sis. It's like, for us, it's like the term bitch that a lot of black women like to have. Like, they don't, most black, you have black women that don't like the word bitch at all. They don't like to be called it. They don't even like using it in basically regular dialect. But then it's the same thing with the gays. Like, with not just terms girl and sis, but also, and I'm not using it as a derogatory term, the word faggot. A mm-hmm. lot of us don't like the word. A lot of us don't like to hear it. A lot of us don't like to be referred to it. And the same thing applies for all the terms. Yeah,
1: because I'm the same way with faggot. If you don't know me like that, we. Mm-mm, because only my. My closest friends since high school, we joke with each other like that. Mm-hmm. But no, no, I wish a motherfucker would. No. Outside of that. And,
0: and the funny part is, I. I love my case. I do. But sometimes when y'all do too much, I do resort to the word of like, this child here. Yeah. I may not even say it directly, but in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, this girl here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, <laughs> and, it's, and it's because, again, girl and sis are two terms that, as you've seen in this conversation, can be positive or negative.
0: And the same thing can be said about um, the derogatory term of the word bottom. I really do not understand why people downplay bottoms, but you need someone to be willing to bend the fuck over for you to bust your nut. Well, but, this is not the hotels, and we don't have to get graphic.
1: So,
0: that's a conversation for another time. I have a rabbit
1: hole about the term bottom and all that stuff. That's a...
0: That's a touchy topic in itself, but I think we can summarize this by saying the terms are basically used by situation premise only. Yeah, so... Situation in person only, That's it. which means I wouldn't go around, and I don't think anyone should just randomly go around calling people girl or sis. Right, it's just not appropriate.
1: It's a time and place.
0: And on top of that, if I don't like you said, if I don't fuck with you like that, don't you be calling me no girl or sis. I don't know you. Right, you don't know me. That's it. The name's Lonnie. Use it. <laughs> don't don't play with me. Exactly. Don't don't you play with me. With that being said, that wraps up my portion of everything. Um, we're going to refill these cups real quick and we will be right what, back.
1: Yeah. All right, well, those cups are refilled and damn it, we're back. We are back like cook crack. I got my spoon, and you know what that means. It's time for Marlon to stir
0: up a
1: hot That's child. right. My water is burling. It's time to throw these ingredients in. <sighs> Not the water
0: is burling. It's
1: burling. Not
0: boiling. Burling.
1: What is burling? It is burling. You I- know what it is. When the bubbles is on top and it's real hot, it's burling. Continue, even though that's grammatically incorrect <laughs> as fuck. I know what it is, It's <laughs> I Anyway, so this week on the Twitters, you guys have done some really interesting things. Mm. And I forgot what incited this questioning semi-rant, but okay. we've talked about it on the show before. Okay. But we're going to dive in again. Calling this topic, You and My Business? Don't do that.
0: You and My Business?
1: Don't do that. You and My Business. So, in true Who Raised You Hoes fashion, I need to understand. Talk about it. What is it with y'all and feeling entitled to people's business on social media? Oh, here we go. Hear me out. Please. At the top of this list is always, for me, y'all's entitlement to feeling like you need to know the information about people's lives as it pertains to their relationships and the ending of their relationships. Woo! I don't know who raised you hoes and told y'all that just because you know somebody is together... That when they break up, You're that entitled they're supposed to, information. to tell you what happened, how it happened, when it happened. But I know y'all mamas told y'all to mind y'all business when you was growing up. I know y'all did. Did. And I know that social media has given you this false sense of confidence in this topic. But why do y'all do this? They don't know. Why do you do this? Why is this a thing? So my first question is, what is this obligation or entitlement that folks have to what's on the internet. Talk about it. Like, why do you? What, what do you? Where does this come from? What What do you think this derived from? Excuse me.
0: It's kind of. Let me get my burp out real quick, you We've been drinking. <laughs> Hold on,
1: Mr. Bubble got you a little bit. A little, a little bit. Pebble, just a little shampoo It's okay.
0: It's alright, he's the only person I give you drink on a Sunday. But anywho, that's not why we're here. <laughs> For some odd reason, people feel entitled to why, because you were so public with it, they automatically feel entitled to, well, what happened? Why did y'all break up? Y'all told us everything about the relationship. Why can't y'all tell us why we broke up? That's not your place. It's not your place at all.
1: And furthermore, bitch, again, we need to get back to what's really going on on social media, folks, because all you girls do not go around and telling all of your business all the time. Sure, so no. Why do you expect other people to do it? Furthermore, you only show the good shit online anyway. You didn't. You didn't see the time that we
0: had a fight. You didn't see the time he called me out of my name. You ain't see the time he dared and tried to hit me. You ain't see these things. All you saw was the lovey-dovey gifts, vacations, all that other shit. All of the things, sis. So you didn't see the ugly part of the relationship. A, a picture, videos, anything tells a thousand words. It does not, comp. It does not trump the actual experience of going through the relationship. Exactly. So unless you were there in a
1: confidant while I was going through the shit, I'm not gonna come to you now. Furthermore, bitch, I don't even talk to half you hoes like that anyway. Y'all not friends for real. Not. So why do you expect for somebody that you don't even know? The half y'all are probably following because they're either a cute. Or be you're envious of what they have. Uh,
0: pretty privilege is a topic we'll talk about at a different time. But that's not why we're here. So,
1: I, I just, I, I don't get that. And then, like, it pushed me into my next question, which is, like, how does sharing on social media affect what and how you share personally? Like, thinking about how people are nosy and in everybody's business like that, has it affected how you share on social media? And if so, how does it, how does it, like, work for you?
0: Let me tell you how depression works. Okay. When you're going through whatever you're mentally going through, you start to really question what you share. Mm-hmm. You start to question what you put out there. You second guess: Does this selfie look good? Do I look too fat? Is mine like like if the especially like let's say you want to take a picture where you show your butt. It's like. Is it fat enough to actually publicly put out there? you run through all these insecurities. So when it comes to your relationship, those insecurities magnify because your spouse does not want all of their business out there. They could be a reserved person. You could be with someone that really doesn't do attention. Your relationship is not supposed to be just for flaunt through social media. Is an actual thing. It goes on. And not everybody deserves to know what goes on it's not inside of it. And that's okay. If you decide to share with the world your happiness, let alone the fact that you have a man, if someone gets nauseated and decides to comment, y'all need to get a room, or why are you always posting about it? Well, bitch, change the frequency. Unfollow. Block. Do what you need to do. This Something.
1: Like, you can easily unfollow. You can easily mute. You can do all of these things if you're not that pressed about it anymore. Literally, but if you are pressed about it, then why are we having the, if you're not pressed, why are we having this conversation? And see, for me, Hmm? (laughs) it affected me majorly after my last workout. Mm -hmm. Because we were so public. And it was just like, after that, I got to a point where I did something that I used to kind of talk about other people for doing, which which is the mindset that if you're in a relationship, you don't need to post your man and you shouldn't post your man because this should be all your business. You don't need people jumping in his DMs and all that stuff. And I still kind of hold on to my thought process on that because it's like, if you are concerned about somebody jumping in your man's DMs and that's why you won't post them on social media, then you need to change your friend circle. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, you kind of need to change your man because if you aren't confident that he will handle that accordingly, then why are you with him? But people like thrive on this move in silence type of ideology, which for certain things I can understand, but when it comes to love and relationships, I feel like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to seclude yourself from the world because you're so afraid that somebody's going to take it away from you.
0: My thing was this, because I was very public with my ex too, and even with the breakup, let me tell you something about those motherfucking friends. Yeah. Let me told you huh. about those friends. Talk about it. Those friends would be the first ones to jump in your DM when they find out that y'all broke up. And all of a sudden, they trying to shoot they shot. Mm. I ain't giving no names, but they trying to shoot their shot. Well. And the crazy part is, it's like, it go, like, we're not the only ones that deal with it. I'm sure the straights deal with it, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, where, oh, so my boys just tried to talk to my girl. I'm like, they actually deal with them more than we do, and on a bigger level, because Nick, I have to say it because it's the truth, niggas don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) They're savages. It's like, yo, so so it's good. Like, aren't you, my ex is like one of his close friends. Like, we saw you on a regular basis. What that got to do with me? What? Excuse me? Oh my gosh. And this is the type of shit you deal with. Then, you had the people that come to you after y'all break up. And it's like, oh, I, ne- I never liked so and so, blah blah blah. You were mighty quiet while we were together.
1: So why are you here now?
0: Why are you feel like you? T- why do you feel as if telling me your opinion now would make a world of a difference when I needed it back then?
1: Well, a lot of people, mm. and I'm not giving everybody too much credit because a lot of y'all still just trifling. But the reality of the matter is that when it comes to, like, the breakup portion of relationships or seeing you go through bad times, we all know that if somebody close to you tries to tell you to do something different, nine times out of ten, it doesn't work like that. Mm
0: -mm. Mm-mm. I've learned I would never give relationship advice to someone that's already in a relationship, especially coming from a single person. But secondly, most importantly, every relationship is different.
1: Very, very different.
0: I've learned... I can say mainly through the pandemic. I've learned boundaries when it comes to my friends and their relationships. Mm. So it's like, listen, you that's you. You happy? I love it. i am mm-hmm. Also, I've learned, and I guess this comes from just always viewing both sides of the thing. I'm raised by Libra, I promise you. Change your life. Balance. <laughs> you learn the balance. It's like, listen, if this person doesn't want to tell me something, I respect it because that's your relationship, I'm not in it. You can come to me for your input. I'm not gonna look at your spouse any different unless you find out something physical, then I'm then I got a problem, right? But other than that, I'm not gonna look at your spouse different, I'm gonna treat them different because they haven't treated me different. And anyone that knows me, and when it comes to relationships, that's how I am, right? You have to switch up for me to just look at you sideways, like okay. I don't know you right now, let alone how you're moving, and I don't trust it. Right. So, yes, yeah, so you
1: have to watch out for those friends. Yeah, I mean, but it's just, it's it's really, really interesting to me, and it made me think about how did we get here, to where people feel entitled to information. And I think I got it. Let's talk about it, Dan. People are so heavily influenced by celebrity, Woo! And I do believe the introduction and the... Well, not the introduction because Reality TV started a long, long time ago before we had Twitter and social media. Mm-hmm. But the introduction to celebrities freely sh- sharing themselves on social media with fans makes people feel entitled to all the information. Because I, you and I come from a time where you didn't know shit about celebrities.
0: None. The only thing you knew from a celebrity was their publicist.
1: That's it. And back then, celebrities went through fucking um, talent training and shit like that. They need to bring
0: that shit back.
1: All of that, like... Artist they need production
0: they are, the, hmm, artist development thing. yes artist done. development contracts were definitely a thing media training was a heavy thing these are things that need to come back but we're not talking about that right now yes. you?
1: so all of those things I think play a really 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 major part in it. Mm-hmm. and it led me to my question like so have we become so enamored with quote unquote reality entertainment that we feel like it should translate to real life
0: Yes. Because even with reality stars, we feel entitled to their business because of the fact that they're in front of a camera. Most of us don't know that some of those conversations, let alone the disagreements and fights, are all coerced. <laughs> like if you, cre- if you look at the if you look at you off, if you look at the credits for some of the reality shows, do you not realize that they have writers? i'm gonna let y'all i'm gonna really let y'all believe that that this is their real life i'm like no there's a portion of it that's heavily coerced like okay so you're gonna go here this day with this scene and you're gonna have a discussion with this person nine times out of ten they already know you're at odds with this person probably in real life but this is just gonna magnify everything.
1: right just exacerbating an already set situation
0: Exacerbating is, and it, it, is just an understatement. It's just
1: like it makes no sense to me. And I, I watch people sound off with these opinions on shit like this all the time. Like, sis, don't be trying to be quiet now. You was here for the whole relationship. Why you don't tell us what happened? I want to know. Bitch, because I don't know you and you don't need to know. It's not...
0: Why do you feel entitled to my personal business? All you know is what... I sold as a facade for a reality show. Do y'all not know the person that's actually the bitch on a reality show, let alone the most, like, basically the villain of the show for that season? They're the highest paid.
1: They're the highest paid. And furthermore, when it comes down to, like, real reality, as in people's relationships that they post online, bitch, the only reason why you want the tea is so you can talk shit about it to other people online. So if I don't want you talking shit about my relationship or whatever I went through, I'm not sharing it with you.
0: The Another thing, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but let me know if I am. Another thing that has to be discussed is your friends respecting the relationship as well, outside of just the two of you talking. Like, the one of the things that i learned in very well knowing and getting to know myself more is I become protective of my friends and relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you come around trying to pry into their business, I have mm-hmm. a problem with that. Okay, because it's not your place. Yeah. I don't want to have to go through having consistent awkward conversations about my friends and their relationships. Like, no, I'm not here for them. I'm here for me, and on top of that. Is making me look at you a little sideways because it seems like you're trying to pry information out. And I don't like that shit.
1: It's a mess. It's a huge mess. It's a mess. So, that was my rant on that. Don't you need to mind your fucking business. Period. Stay out of his relationship, huh? Ain't got sh- and I ain't even
0: talking about me. I'm talking in general. Any of my friends in relationships, stay out of their relationship, <laughs> huh? Shit.
1: Because I don't even play. But, it's kind of a segue into the next topic. Go ahead. Just a little bit. Come on. Because when we're talking about the things that we receive online or elsewhere, Mm -hmm. who are we taking these things from? What do you mean? So, my next segment I call Pretty Little Things. Now, this came up because... Uh, Are we wearing
0: clothes? What? Are we going to... Is this a close No, not Tiana's
1: Pretty Little Things. Um, Different Pretty Little Things. Okay, come on. I came across this guy online mm. by the name of Ovia Oh, he is fine. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Come on now. So, mm. I do appreciate his content. I found, I stumbled across his Twitter because somebody liked one of his posts. It probably was me. Because I follow then, him on Instagram
0: and I just followed him on Twitter, but continue.
1: Okay. And then I started watching his Instagram, not his Instagram, his YouTube channel. First of all, educated, black, gay man, okay? Winning package. He is conventionally attractive.
0: Yes, he is. Very
1: attractive guy.
0: The one thing that I can say, sidebar, the one thing I can say that definitely comes with age is looks don't just sell the deal for me anymore. I need to know there's some level of intelligence in you.
1: True, got it. But, as it pertains to this topic, Mm. conventionally attractive man. Mm Mm-hmm the status quo probably by 95% of y'all if he told you to bend over you'd do it got it but it got me to thinking as he, he speaks a lot about being gay and proud and the juxtaposition and intersections of being black male and gay and how society specific, specifically heterosexual society Reacts to those intersections, right? Mm -hmm. Because his thing is like a lot of people are very sensitive about being gay and it's just gay. It's not that big of a deal. So he brings a lot of shit to the forefront that has to do with our community. Blaseys can be Mm wicked. And it got me to thinking about Pretty Privilege. Didn't I say? (laughs) Didn't I say? I
0: literally just thought about
1: this because this conversation is something that the conversation that he's having in particular is not a story that any of us have not heard Mm -hmm. it's been told over and over again and this is not to discredit his experience or anything like that I'm just bringing to light the situation but it's not been told from the lens of somebody that's conventionally attractive. And it got me thinking about how so many voices go unheard because they're not attractive. Mm-hmm. So my first question is, how would you classify pretty privilege? And do you believe there's even such a thing? <laughs> 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 mm.
0: I, if you are a fan of the show and have listened since episode, since the pilot episode until Woo! now, you know I've talked about pretty privilege before. Yes. But allow me to give a definition. Mm-hmm. Pretty priv- pretty privilege is basically us giving a platform to someone that is conven- is conventionally attractive or beautiful, gorgeous, handsome whatever your adjective is for that person
1: mm-hmm.
0: you give them a platform and they understand that they have an advantage due to the fact that they're conventionally attractive mm-hmm. but 9 times out of 10 the things that spew out of their mouth is just ugly as fuck
1: you know and that's the sad part about it because though Obio is not one of those people I ever heard him say anything problematic
0: I have a whole list that I'm not going to get into right now, but please continue.
1: Um, but it's <laughs> like... What Lonnie said is very true, and I do believe that Pretty Privilege exists because there are people that are gorgeous by societal standards that get away with saying some really crazy shit. Mm-hmm. If we really want to be honest... A prime example of something that happened like that, what Nicki Minaj just went through. What she continues to go through, which is a totally different topic, but Nicki Minaj is a woman that is conventionally attractive, highly sought after, so forth and so on. She literally sent this whole country into a tizzy. Literally with one statement.
0: One statement in the, and like I said, last episode, and most of you literally ran with it.
1: Ran with it in more ways than one. Y'all motherfuckers went out and protested. Oh, my God. Anyway.
0: You're making me mad again. So,
1: <laughs> so that caters that goes to my next question, which is, why do we cater to people that embody conventional quote-unquote beauty?
0: Because people, we give them this platform. You're not understanding. I said this literally five no, times time again. It. We give them this. Let me explain this differently. We all, like you just said um, pretty earlier in the show, we see this person that we think is attractive. Think they're, like, all of a sudden we all follow them, especially the gays. We're notorious for the shit. It's either someone that's in the industry or someone that's into fitness, someone that's a model, aspiring actor, singer, songwriter, whatever may have you. If they're attractive, 9 out of 10, go look at their followers and look how many of your friends are already in their follow list or basically people that follow this account. And look how many of your friends already follow them. It's just because they're conveniently attractive. Now, the minute that they say something stupid, we want to disregard them. Like, what the fuck? Why would you say that? Da, 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 da. We gave them this platform. It, their actual opinion actually matters and gives a fuck. It's not informed. It's literally a personal opinion that has a whole fucking lo- shitload of a bias, but we will give them a platform because of it.
1: Yeah. And it it goes back down to what I said earlier in the show about desirability politics. Hello. Because my thing is, yeah, they pretty and they fine and they attractive, but... Go ahead. Let it out, friend. That segues me into my next question. Let it out. Who are the benefactors of pretty privilege and how do they benefit from it then? Because if you just follow on the motherfucker just because they fine, what do you hope to get out of this? If they're a shitty person, why even give them a platform? Who is benefiting from this privilege? Because
0: low-key, most people are hoping and waiting in the whims of the likes and comments that one day they'll get noticed.
1: And at that point, so fucking what, sis? If this fine motherfucker picks you up... So we going... So it all comes back to the pick room. I can't. So if this... always this, is about to pick me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not understanding. It's always about to pick me. If this motherfucker acknowledges you at some point, like just likes your post or your reply, what does that give you? Because they still don't want you, sis. They still not in your DM. You still not going to get no attention from them. Like, what are we doing? Who's benefiting from it? Who? Because we're not. The person that is considered pretty benefiting from it? Sure, because they're getting all the attention that they want and need for their platform. They get to say shit that's way outlandish which keeps their name in the media anyway. But what are you benefiting from it, from choosing this person and elevating them because they're attractive?
0: Nothing. You're getting nothing. Let alone the fact that...
1: <laughs> oh, I get so frustrated with this topic. Because <laughs> literally every
0: day we give these people this platform to say and do stupid shit, and then we get upset when they say something stupid uninformed,
1: uneducated. Or when they show that they're a very shitty person. Or they do something very suspect. Something that comes to mind for me specifically with this is something that was going on in the gay community how long has it been? I think that trauma hit like in 2017, 2018. Are you familiar with the old blogger Noodles and Beef? Do you remember him? No. Okay. Good. I can't even bring it up because there was a big scandal. He was in this poly relationship. And he was part of the the bear and southern dog community and all this shit. But he vlogged about his relationship with him and his boyfriends and his husband. One of them was from Australia, and he did this. They were all muscle chubs, so he trained all of them and all this other stuff. They the to gym together. Blah blah blah, blah blah blah. One of them ended up dying. Oh, God. Oh, um, God. And the speculation is that this person pretty much aided to their death because they pushed them to get body modifications, all types of shit, whatever. Oh, sounds so familiar. But he is conventionally attractive. He used to show up everywhere. I used to follow him. And then the scandal hit, and I was like... Unfollow. Oh, that's a lot to this. Like, what just happened? Unfollow. This was a really harsh left turn. And at first he had very different opinions than the masses. Mm-hmm. So he fell into that spectrum of being a pretty person but an acquired taste because people knew he was attractive but there were some of his beliefs and the way that he felt about certain things that people couldn't jail with. But it created this perfect storm because no matter whether you agree with him or not he was fucking hot and you followed him anyway.
0: Who else was like that and I think I had to unfollow them.
1: I mean, I'm going to put a a prime example out there for the black gay community because they drag him through the dirt all the time but he's conventionally attractive so people keep giving him platforms Milan Christopher (laughs) period I I don't even have to say anything else prime example of pretty privilege prime example
0: I can go on a whole rant about Maline Christopher, it. but it's not about not it. him today.
1: <laughs> but
0: that's the thing. You see my face. That style. is the
1: thing. You see so my face. My last question is: so, the only person who's really benefiting from pretty privilege is the pretty person. So, what are some of the disadvantages of pretty privilege?
0: No one takes them serious. Let's be perfectly clear: we value their opinion or what they might have to say about certain things, but we just let's be real: we just rather look at them. <laughs> like, let's be real you rather look at them. You follow them forever in 25 years. You never have a conversation with this person, not even in their comments. But, damn, they're just so pretty to look at. Let me like this picture. Let me comment. Fire emoji. So, in the end of it all, nobody wins. Nobody. You're following them for no reason, just the fact that they're handsome, pretty,
1: cute, beautiful, whatever. That's it. Listen, and that 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 goes into another topic I'm gonna bring up on another day about the people that we follow and why we follow them. Oh, that's a conversation. Cause we, listen, because we accept a lot of friend requests and go through a lot of folks just because they fine, But anyway, so next <sighs> on Twitter, fuck shit. Oh God. My next topic is called flattery or fuck that. Now. Oh God. I found this post that's been floating around the Twitterverse for the last couple
0: I, of days. I, I saw the notes. So, shout out to Dre from Big Boy Brunch for actually reposting this. We love this, y'all. We love y'all. Yes. My so babies.
1: Dre <laughs> popped back up, and I haven't seen him in my mutuals on my timeline
0: in a time. Okay, sidebar real quick before we get into this. I tweeted about this yesterday. I don't know who we need to speak to on Twitter, maybe Jack, whatever may have you. I miss my mutuals. I don't see them unless I go to their pages. That's crazy. And I don't even see if they liked anything, if they commented anything. I see nothing, but I see a bunch of likes and retweets from other accounts that I follow. But my mutuals, I can't find them. That's crazy. Make this make sense. Fix my timeline back, or I'm going to unsubscribe. Figure it out.
1: So there's a picture of a black man. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's queer, gay. They cut the face. They cut the face. But the focus is on his t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And the t-shirt says, white girls copying gay men, copying black girls. let am say it again so we can follow this. Come on with the synopsis. White girls copying gay men, copying black girls.
0: That's so backwards. I have feelings about this. This is backwards as fuck. I have lots of feelings about this is backwards as fuck. If I could redo it real quick. Gay men. Excuse me. No. White girls copying. Black girls copying. Gay men. Hmm. That's the way it should have been done.
1: So, they say imitation is the highest form of flattery, which is why I call it flattery or fuck that. And, but here's my thing. Come on. White girls copying gay men. I can see that. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because there are a lot of white girls
0: that... A lot of white... I can say this part, and not to cut you off, a lot of white girls are fag
1: hags. Yeah, but so are a lot of black women. That part! But, we'll get there in a moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Gay guys copying black girls. Now, this is where it gets tricky for me. Because... While I can see where they're reaching for in that, I think that the caveat or the addition for me needs to be white gay guys copying black girls. Yes. Because I thought about this long and hard and I said to myself, do gay black men try to copy black girls and women? Say it again. Now, If I'm only scratching the surface of this, one would say yes. If we are thinking about gay content creators that imitate black women in sketches, Mm -hmm. so forth and so on. Sure, someone might say that scratching the surface, but I think that it's not about copying black girls and women. It's about honoring black girls and women. Follow me. Go on. Our biggest supporters as black gay men has always been the black gay woman.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Some of our best friends have been black women. Our support has come from a black woman more often than not, depending on your story. It's come from your mama. Yep. You grew up around black women. So, of course, you're a sponge to your surroundings. So your mannerisms, the things that you say, the way that you carry yourself, more often than not, comes from a black woman. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that we are copying black women. Especially when the roles are reversed and the tables are turned, where black women... copy and honor us. They do. Because they are the carriers of our lingo. They depend on us for the stereotypical fashion sense, makeup. This entire movement of makeup that has happened within the last decade has come from black drag queens. I need y'all to understand it. The way that women do their makeup right now all comes from the massage of black drag queens. Women were not doing contouring, baking, or any of those things before the popularization and the focus on black drag queens. Okay, let's just put that out there. You don't believe me, do your research, go back a decade around the time when RuPaul's Drag Race came out and follow the makeup industry from there to here you will find your answers.
0: And not to mention, before that even took place, they were in Ballroom, because Ballroom was the one place where you got to actually experiment with makeup, let alone hair, to figure out a look. So do not be surprised if you find out that one of your faves decided to get, let's say, the makeup artist that did so-and-so's makeup back when they did drag, and all of a sudden, that's who they're working with. It
1: happens! So, I just... This this shirt just it, it triggered me a little bit. Because I, I just don't I don't gel with the the gays imitating black girls thing. Especially when it's cause my caveat is just to say white gays imitating black girls. Because I've seen a lot of white content creators and white gays that give a lot of black girls. And a lot of black gays if we want to be. Not.
0: A lot of the thing that really grinds my gears, and I never publicly talked about it, but there's a first time for everything, and I always must say this is my personal opinion. I've always had a huge disdain when it came to white gay creators that would emulate or take the verbiage from black gays, or let alone black women. Right. Like I kind of don't. I don't argue when it comes to black gays and black women because technically it's like the line has been faded between the two for so long. Right, it's a
1: transference.
0: It's a transfer like you can't sit here and be like, oh well the gays are copying from the black women like the black women have been copying from the gays for years, but that's a conversation for another time that you're not ready for. But anywho here we are. I had an issue when I started to really pay attention to it with especially the, the white um, content creators that would have characters that were basically had the main rhythms of a black woman, I always had a problem with that because I'm like, you couldn't find something else? You couldn't be original? Even with that, and I, it, it, again, Even with that stale-ass reenactment of a strut that those white gays love to do. I'm like, there is like, just like the food, where is the seasoning? Where is the flair? There's not a spin, there's not even a play on the clothing, there's not even a stop, strut, move along. It's no originality with the shit at all. It's just a strut. And then of course, as usual, the audience will clap for the bare minimum from the white gays, but the black gays that the content creators have to go twice as hard to push their fucking content. But y'all clap and applaud a bunch of bland gays walking and putting their wrists up, turning to the side just because they have a fucking hills. Girl, bye!
1: <sighs> it's a mess. It's a whole mess. It's a mess. So you know what? I'm gonna do this because we're gonna close out. I'm, I'm gonna put the lid on this pot. Mm-hmm. But before I go, talk about it. Why don't y'all slide in these DMs or send us a, a a letter and let us know how you feel about this? Talk about it. What do you think about this T-shirt concept and how it's laid out? And as a matter of fact, we'll go ahead and put it up on the Who Raised You host pages so y'all can see it, and I want y'all to sound off on that for me. And then next week we'll revisit it and see what y'all say. Literally. So, I'm closing the pot on that, but you know we're not done. We sure ain't. Because we got one more hill to climb. And I need to know, friend, Mm. how it makes you feel. You ready? I got three of them this week. Oh, gosh. I got three of them this week. Mm. So, my first one comes from Mary Amhasana on IG. I think I'm saying that wrong, but it's M-A-R-Y-A-M-H-A-S-N-A-A. And the post says... The reason you have a hard time trusting your intuition is because you are still convinced that someone out, some outside authority, knows better than you.
0: I always am the first to tell anyone: your intuition is your gift. It is always your gift. You should always, you should never not listen to your intuition. Your intuition is never wrong, and if you feel it, that means it happened. It means it's happening, or yes, you're not wrong. You're actually very correct.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm and not saying that to make you a word, I'm just saying it. Your intuition never lies.
1: That's why there's that age-old saying that said you should have followed your first mind. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, the first time we are not, we are celestial beings in that way. we're yes. connected with everything around us. You feel shit. Mm-hmm. So trying to give credit to other folks that you feel might be that you create this hierarchy of power with. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, somebody else know better than me. Oh, I don't know a whole lot about this. Whatever, whatever. You gotta trust your gut sometimes. Mm -hmm. So my next one. Mm -hmm. This one comes from her incredible mindset on IG. Spelled out just the way I say it. And this one says, your diet isn't just what you eat. As you get older, you realize that your diet isn't just what you eat. It's what you watch, what you read, mm-hmm. who you follow, mm. and who you spend your time with. So if your goal is to have a healthier mind, you have to start by removing all the junk from your diet.
0: Well, shit. How do you make you feel,
1: friend?
0: It's the truth, though. Like, with my with my dive back into reading, the hardest thing I've had to read was actually Michelle Williams' checking in. Mm. Because they, when I'm done, you can have a book. Because I promise you, I'm like, it will read you. Because I love it. <laughs> Michelle went there. But she also, she also recites Bible verses too in the, in the midst of it. But um, The one thing I noticed a lot was a lot of the things she described is a lot of the things that I go through Mm -hmm. and that she talks about. And it's like a real deep analysis. And she always goes back to, did you check in with yourself to see if you're actually okay with this? A lot of us don't do that. No. A lot of us don't. So when she said your mindset goes along with that, sometimes your diet could be removing people out of your life your diet could be I'm not even listening to that no more it doesn't serve me your diet is I'm not watching that because it's mind numbing and I don't want to be there exactly that's what that's what she's saying it's like sometimes you have to also detox not just what you consume as far as eating wise or edible yeah don't want to misguise the words but it also goes along with your consumption so yes she's actually very correct
1: yeah and I like I'm talking to y'all but I'm talking to me too Come on, we, gotta, we have to
0: start logging off. I listen. I'm telling you, we every day. I, every day, I give myself an hour. Every day, sometimes an hour plus. Do something else. Read. Spend an hour just in silence, if you need to, just to gather your thoughts. Know what you're thinking. Take an hour to journal. Turn off your TV. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Apple's new Do Not Disturb is something serious, y'all. It's Turn on your Do Not Disturb. Check in with yourself. See what you want to do. If you want to journal that day, journal. If you want to read that day, read. If you feel like going for a walk, go for a walk. But take that time just for you to just, the the one thing that I've noticed, and I hate to jumble in my thoughts a little bit, but here we are, one thing that I noticed is a lot of the times, especially with us logging on to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook even, is we're consuming other people's thoughts and instead energy. of an energy, instead of doing that shit for yourself. That's why if you ever notice if I communicate with someone online, I'd rather ask for your number for an exact reason. I want to talk to you outside of that. Right. Like that's how I am. Like, (laughs) a prime example was me and John, who who you guys know as Kiriakos. Like, us two, via text, is something hilarious to
1: (laughs) Oh The random shit I said.
0: (laughs) But that's just what I mean. Sometimes you need that avenue outside of social media to really understand, let alone bond with a person. Right. We're a prime example of that,
1: shit too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we just gotta we gotta be careful of what you consume because it affects your everyday life, and because we are so attached to our phones and social media and all that shit, it will put you in a tizzy. It, it will. will put you in a spot that you weren't even feeling, you wasn't even thinking about, and all because of what you consume. So my last one comes from We the Urban at IG, and it says. Free yourself of the idea that not having life figured out or achieving everything you've dreamed dreamed of by 25 to 30 years old makes you a failure. Relax. Great things take time. Fall in love with the process of becoming you.
0: Yes, God. Okay, I get to talk about it now. (laughs) So sick of this ideology that you Need to make it before 30 It upsets me so bad Honey you don't even start to live Until 30 You don't start to really gain life experiences until 30 you don't start to feel the actual Pains from your joints Until you're 30 trust We've both been there (laughs) I say that to say this With even getting to This platform took me a process Right it took me a process to be comfortable with saying whatever I wanted to and fear possibly someone could disagree with me mm. and go to a point where they could publicly be like, I don't agree, fuck him. Mm-hmm. Da, da. Those are things you expose yourself to. But a lot of the adults in my age range, which I'm going to say, which would be from like, if you were born in like the late 80s, and probably I'm going to go as high as to like 90s. Five. A lot of us didn't discover what we really wanted to do until we hit, like, 30. Because we put it on a back burner to get a job. That's what it really was. We put it on the back burner. We gave up on ourselves to get income. And now that we're at the point where... I had a certain amount of jobs I don't want another one I'd rather do something With something I actually like let alone Love and it Takes a lot to reach that point Let alone go through the trial and error To even achieve to get to That point so The ideology oh So and so Is over 30 They, they Had their chance already no they didn't No they didn't they didn't have their Chance because guess what they were trying to Figure their own fucking shit out They didn't have a chance to really say what they needed to say, do what they needed to do, pursue the dreams that they wanted to pursue, even if they fall on their face at least they got to say they did it. But get rid of that fucking ideology that you gotta make it before 30. It pisses me off
1: so bad. Listen, there's a saying that said youth is wasted on the young. Because what young people do not realize, and I'm talking like late teens into your early 20s, and even up to 30, because as a person that was born in the early 80s, I didn't know what 30 looked like. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine 30, because you just couldn't gra- I couldn't grasp that concept, because I didn't know, or I didn't pay attention to people like me, i.e. young black gay men, that got to 30 and went past it. I wasn't in that age group. And then, when you're black and gay, it's you're young or you're nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: You over thirty, stepping the club, and people looking at you crazy. What you doing here? it's what you mean? I came out so you could be your ass in here. So what are you talking about? Okay. And it doesn't matter how how like it's a privilege to age. It's a lot like.
0: I literally had... Yesterday, and this is just me speaking from personal experience... I had a person that got into my car while I was doing Uber yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we had... Like, honestly, I never had a conversation like that before. And I'm so proud of it. Like, he and I were from two completely different mindsets. But I always make... Don't make it a secret. I grew up a latchkey kid. I don't know if you guys know what that means, but allow Mm -hmm. me to elaborate. A latchkey kid means... I was sheltered. My parents didn't allow me to go everywhere. I wasn't allowed to be in certain areas, let alone out after a certain time. My parents were strict, and that's okay. So my passenger that got in the car, he was under the age of 18. He was 17, but he was moving around. Mm. I'll let your mind wander to what that alludes to. Mm. And he asked me on the way back, because he did a round trip um, thing, he asked me on the way back, he said, what do you like do you do this for a living i said i told him the truth i said right now it's my means but i don't plan on it being my means forever and he just basically said do you feel as if someone can be in a certain stage or point in their life and want more and I had to be real with him. I said, the thing about me growing up sheltered, is I never looked at anybody different for what they did. Mm-hmm. So I had family members that were in the streets. I had friends that were in the streets. I had friends that were sheltered like me. I had friends that liked to be out. I had a, a plethora of people around me, and I still do. But I told him, I'm like, that. this does not define who you are. Right. This is a stage in your life. If you decide to stay doing this, then that's just you. Right. like but you don't have to stay in the stage in your life and he was saying like you know the money is fast and, this and the third i said just as fast as it come it can go yeah so that's the one thing you haven't seen yet i'm like just as fast as you got it it can leave you and that's the beauty about being in our 30s and talking to people that are way younger than us like this kid was 17 and i was talking to him right. as a 34 year old like you're not this does not define you it's basically you can almost say like this is just the first half of the race mm-hmm. i had to let him know I'm like i had people that were just like you that were in the streets whether they were selling whether they were moving weight whatever may have you and i'm like do you know what happened to most of those people they're either dead or in prison i'm like but then i have those friends that beat the odds and got out and decided to do something different with their life you don't know what you're gonna do yet You don't know what you're going to do. It's
1: all about decisions and choices.
0: It's all about decisions and choices. Mm -hmm. That's why I laugh when people are like, oh, well, y'all old. I'm like, the difference that y'all forget about us being older is the fact that we have more wisdom than y'all do.
1: And not even that, sweetie, if you think this is old, then what are your aspirations? Because Because you have to get here.
0: And on top of that, life doesn't end because I turned 30.
1: Hello. I think that's
0: the biggest misconception yes. that the younger generation has, is that your life ends when you turn 30. You're like, no, your life literally just begun. Because trust me, between 30 and you might as well say 50,
1: some shit is gonna go down. Listen, you're gonna learn a whole lot about yourself within them two decades that you cannot get in your 20s.
0: At all. I didn't really start to really grasp life lessons until I was 30. Same. Until I was 30.
1: Same. And these 30s have been a bitch. And they're not done yet.
0: <laughs> so, I, I'm Mind you, I'm not even halfway there yet. I'm not even halfway there yet. It's just...
1: But anyway, y'all, well, that's it for how I make you feel. Before we go, let's get off these mental health tips, friend. What do you got? <sighs>
0: it's okay. To not look at your former self as a bad thing Mm. I had a realization In the process of breathing I really had a realization To where I was like I kind of miss my old self Not in the aspect of the drama that came along with it I was open when it came to being social I didn't mind going out I would stay out late I'll talk to people, flirt You know, I had a certain level of confidence That person died a long time ago Don't know why but He's bad. He looks good And that's it But sometimes it's not a bad thing To really understand that certain character- Like I had an ex that would say it to me all the time and he's like I don't know what happened to you And I never understood what he meant until recently mm. When I had this awakening I'm like Bitch I'm back The fuck <laughs>
1: Back on my bullshit the fuck. Marlon what you got Come on now. Don't, don't. I, because there's so much floating through my head. I've been like. So it's select one. So many different things.
0: Net, randomly pick me one.
1: But I think that I have to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do what makes you happy. Period. And I'm not talking about that superficial, very cliche, do what makes you happy. mm talk about. But literally do the things that make you happy without any regard for anyone else in your life. hmm Do the things that serve and apply and appeal to you as an individual. And I say that because thinking about myself, i spent a lot of my life altering myself for the sake of the people that I love oof, come on word that is the plight of a people pleaser Mm -hmm. I grew up watching people pleasing, I fell into it I'm still dissecting and diminishing it chip by chip to this day so I implore you before you get to a spot where I'm at right now where I'm living it's, it's like going to the dentist and you have plaque that's been building up for years you can't just knock that bitch off they literally have to go in chip it off drill it off and then clean it I'm still working at it but I'm telling everybody else from this point forward do what makes you happy because that is the only way that you will truly shine in your life you will find so much joy if you do things that make you happy and fulfill you because what happens is your light begins to shine And then it reflects on others. And it creates a better and healthier energy and environment for yourself. Yes. So.
0: It's a habit that we, I promise you, all of us suffer and we just don't know it.
1: We just don't know it. We just don't know it. So, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And before we go, like we tell you hoes every fucking episode, whole nation, hear me out. We love doing this shit. We come to y'all every week and sometimes a little bit later, but you bitches will deal. Okay. And we give you the content and y'all listen, you chime in, we see you reposting, love to see more of those reposts. Would love that. Love to see more of those reposts. Those Would are love really, it. really good. Yes. Um, so that means that you're listening and you're enjoying the things, and if you are enjoying the things, then make sure you let us know that you're enjoying them. How can you do that, Marlon? This is how you do it, sweetheart. I know you have an Apple device, and if you don't, that's cool, too, because there are ways for you to show us your appreciation as well. But for those that are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, what I need you to do is go ahead and rate this podcast five stars. Give me the money we deserve, goddammit. Five stars, and I need you to leave a comment and a review. These things are very important for the heightening and the evolution of the whole nation. Make sure you do that. Also... Send us in your listener letters. Send us in your thoughts, your comments, your ideas, your concerns, all of those things. You have many ways to do it. Let's start with one. Ask WRYHpodcast at gmail.com. What was that? Ask WRYHpodcast at gmail.com. Drop in that box and let us know what's going on. The things. Tell us how your day is going. Tell us how we made you feel. You can slide to the DMs. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at WRYHpodcast. There it is. I need to see it. I want to see it. Make it happen.
0: Also, you know normally we have a little space in between, but I didn't put it this time because um editing became an issue here. It delayed <laughs> us to finish this episode. But anywho, it's not over here. Um business inquiries, if you want us to sponsor you, you want us to review your music and you're an artist and you think that hey, maybe when you guys do your music reviews, review my singles so that way I can get some plays. All of those inquiries, serious ones only. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about your money being trapped in Africa. I don't want to care about the millions that do not exist and it makes no sense. I will block the fuck out of you. <laughs> the email is wryhpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. For serious business inquiries only, right. wryhpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Make it happen. I ain't crying no more. Now I'm going to get forced with y'all hoes. <laughs> Give me the fucking things. And with that being said, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you for your patience. We both genuinely appreciate you. With that being said, we will see y'all next week. And until then, peace out. Bye, nation. Bye!